Welcome to the Power Women in Insurance Show with your host, Teresa Kitchens. Join us as we laugh, talk about hard issues, support each other, and make our industry and our world a better place. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Power Women in Insurance podcast. It is October 7th. The fall is coming and changes in the air. But you know what? All across the country, women in insurance are making a larger impact than they ever have before. And we've been able to see that here in the last year and a half that we've been doing this podcast, even though I can't believe it's been a year and a half. But we have a really good friend of mine today, and I want to be able to introduce y'all to Amy Brian, and she is fabulous. And you guys are going to just laugh and have a great time with us. So Amy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Hopefully I don't disappoint with that intro. That was really, (laughs) well, you know what? I want everybody to know how Amy and I know each other. Not only is she an agency owner. So with the Brian agency out of Long Island, New York. Okay. And, um, and I'm in Texas. So you might say, how are these two friends? Well, number one, Zoom is a beautiful thing. And um, a couple of months ago, what was it, Amy? Like June, probably? June, May? In June, yes. Yeah. In June, I got in the Women of IAOA uh, Facebook group and I said, Hey guys, I am playing around with doing a Liberty Mutual commercial producer program and I need a mentor. And being an agency owner, it's kind of hard to find somebody to be able to mentor you, you in an agency. And Amy stepped up and we have created the most beautiful friendship and I absolutely love you and I love your story and I love what you're doing and I'm really excited to be able to highlight you today and so that's that's how I know Amy and she has been awesome because there have been times that I'm like we have like a weekly meeting for the mentor thing and she's like hey I'll see you Tuesday at 10 and I'm like oh yeah that's right I have that so she's been super accountable awesome amazing and Pow, we're just going to have a good time talking to you today. Thank you. So Amy, tell me how you got an insurance because people always say the two hardest states in the United States of America for insurance, as far as legal, personal, all these other things are California and New York. And you are smack dab in Long Island, right there in the middle of the hub of what everybody thinks of as New York with people and things and chaos and mayhem. So tell me how you got into insurance? Okay. So I, um, I kind of, my joke is that I grew up in the business. So my, I'm third generation in the business, but first as an independent agency owner. So my grandfather, father, aunt and uncle, and my dad, aunt and uncle are still all state farm agents. So I, Uh, you were the rogue child. I was, yes. (laughs) And on my own, um, grew up in the business and I, I worked for my dad probably since I was about 13 years old and I would go in and I went, well, I was stuffing envelopes before that, but I would go in and make renewal phone calls and appointments for, um, his office and just during the summer to make some extra money. And then, um, when I went to college, I worked for state farm claims And every year I went to school for graphic design and marketing. And every year I swore I was getting a real job and I was not working in insurance. I was like, I'm done with this. Um, And then something probably around. So I started working in graphic design when I got out of college 
Um, it was after 9-11 and there was, it was a, I had a hard time finding a job in the industry, but I did find a job in corporate and I got really frustrated saying I was going to run my own business. I wanted to go run my own business. My dad was like, I could show you insurance. And I kind of took a deep sigh and I was like, okay, but I went on the independent side. And so I started um, my agency scratch in 2004 with nice. um, no companies, no customers. And I couldn't go and ask my family to insure them because they were all insured with yep. everybody. With State yep. Farm. You, didn't have, so, you didn't do the whole, like call the top 100 people, you know, right. because I'm sure that your dad already had them all with State Farm. I mean, that was yeah. Your family could, lineage, right? I couldn't even I couldn't even get my grandmother to <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it it so it was interesting. Um, you know, I, I know that my um dad and my uncle and aunt really kind of helped me and I had that foundation of how to market, but at that time in 2004, it wasn't as big online and the online marketing. It was more right. like you're mailing out postcards, you're mailing out letters, you're going in to meet people. Um, it a, was a lot of prospecting that way. I did, because of my relationships I with State Farm agents, I was able to get commercial stuff that they weren't able to write. Okay. Um, but that was a lot of like random businesses, like a customer who's starting a bouncy house business or something like that. So I kind of got good at writing all the weird stuff. Um, and it's been, you know what, for, so I am cr- creative and I realized that on the independent side, it is creative, right? You kind of have to mix and match what's the best for the person and where you can fit them. And I did like the commercial side of it. So that's how I kind of got into the commercial side of it first, originally. I like it. So then have you kind of grown into the personal lines and as kind of an, a, as a rounding opportunity then? So, yeah. So I would say when I started, my business was like 60% commercial, 40% personal. And then right. we started getting clients that were asking us to write their personal lines market, their personal lines business. And I didn't have markets. So I had to go out and speak to the marketing reps and talk to them. And what's interesting was that for as much background as I had in the business, I was newly licensed still. Yes. So, I mean, who, I don't know who would trust. <laughs> they did. Well, and, they had, don't, and they don't trust. see that coming out of either State Farm or other situations, even though you've been in the industry for a long time, they still don't take that as, um, they take it as experience, but they don't take it as like their experience. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. So, I mean, I, just as you would prospecting on the, on any type of business, I was prospecting for companies too. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, there was a website which probably isn't even around anymore. It was like insurancemarketing.com, insurancemarketingwebsite.com or something like that. And it had lists of every insurance company that you could ever look up. And then I would just basically call because I remember being frustrated and I was like, people aren't calling me back. I can't get in, I can't get any companies. And um, I remember my uncle said, well, you just keep calling until they call you back. And I said, okay. All right. So I, that's what I did. Basically, I just kept calling. And as I would call, I would learn like the name of the person I would need to speak to, or maybe it was a territory sales manager. It was a marketing rep. So I just would take notes and learn all of this stuff as I went along. Um, And then I remember also I had a business plan that I built out and had it like 
spiral bound and I was like I'm gonna give these to all so these organized look at you <laughs> it's impressive though it did look impressive though so it had a whole marketing plan besides of like how I was going to market the agency how I was going to grow the business and you need that when you have nothing else like I didn't have a track record that I could say I have a three million dollar book um here's my loss ratios here's my top companies sign me up I didn't have that so I had to show them how I was going to make them successful by give, taking a chance on me. Right. And I love uh, that. So you applied the same sales tactics of being able to go on out and get commercial clients and so forth, yeah. the tenacity with that to be able yeah. to get, so you went direct and you got all your own carrier appointments, right? You didn't go through a cluster yes. or anything like that. No. And so I was 23 when I started and I remember speaking to a cluster. I, I met with one group that you had to pay into, it was a contract for like 10, 15 years. And I was like, I just didn't feel like that was the right fit. Right. And then I remember speaking to a cluster and he was very candid and very honest with me. And I really appreciate, you know, that honesty from the beginning. And he said, I'm going to be the place you come to when you're done looking for companies. He's like, if you're still looking for companies and you still want appointments, he's like, then you have to go out there and explore that first. And I was like, okay, thanks. So I, that's what I did. I went out there that's and funny I though, that's that. funny though, because people think of a cluster as where they go to for companies. Yeah. So he said, when you're done looking for companies, then give him a call. Yeah. Because he knew that if I could get the companies that he, had he was like I want you to go and do that first I think he knew and saw oh. the, the tenacity that I had in trying to get my own companies and pave my own way um that he said listen he was like you have to go explore this first and then come back to me when you if you can't get that or if you need something from me then do that that's awesome. And what, what year was that approximately? Just because was, clusters have become more and more of a thing. I think a lot of carriers today have defaulted to that. So you got started about the same time I did. So I got started in 2003. Yeah. My story, of course, is a little bit different. And I've told it here multiple times. My dad was with Allstate and my dad wanted to go independent. So he had a non-compete. So he goes here, sign on the dotted line. But he did all the research on how he wanted to go independent. I just did what he told me to do. And then he kind of sat back and let me build it. But um, it was very different. It's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't come at it with that insurance background to have that tenacity of knowing what was available, what wasn't available and what I really wanted. And um, I just kind of did what he told me to do. So we ended up over at SIAA, which has been great for us. But I love the fact that even during that process, you are able to really connect with, the area reps and be able to be memorable enough that, and I love the fact this guy was like, Hey, I mean, if you can do that, do it. I mean, that's awesome. Right. And so my main office was, I was in a unique position when I started, my main office was in the Hudson Valley, which was a place that a lot of, it's an hour North of New York city. It was a place that a lot of companies were looking to grow at the time. Um, and you know, being in Long Island, I know there's a lot of coastal issues and stuff that we've dealt with here, especially since um, once Katrina hit, that changed everything up here. But then once Sandy hit, that changed it even more yep. with where you can write business and everything like that. So had I been in Long Island first, it might have been a little different. But where I was at the time, um, it was, 
unique. And maybe I just didn't know there's this, you know, ignorance is bliss. I just kept going and just didn't stop. So that's probably part of it too. Um, and I just, there was no plan B this was it. Right. So that was, I just kept going forward until somebody said, yes, okay, I'll give you a chance. And I remember my first company was a regional company associated mutual. And I met them at a PIA event. And a wholesaler had introduced me and said, maybe I met the president. He said, maybe she can work with you guys. And they called me after I had been calling all these companies, they called me and they said, we'd like to come appoint you. And I said, do I come to you? I'm like, I was like, I don't know how this works. That is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was my first company. And then and I have about 12 different com- carriers now that we represent in the office. So, I mean, it's been, every, you know, I've looked at companies and made sure that they're the right fit. And now obviously I'm more careful. Like I don't just take on a carrier just to take on a carrier. I want to make sure you can give that carrier the business and that you can grow that, you know, them, that they're a right fit for you, both with where they are, how, you know, technology wise and also how they, the markets and stuff that they have. So I'm a little more selective now. And the, and I also don't want to bring on a carrier and not be able to give them the business too. Yeah. So have you had, have you had like minimums you've had to be able to make and blah, 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 blah. Has that been stressful? Because I know that's one of the reasons why a lot of people go with some clusters is because within a cluster, maybe they feel like they have different requirements. And so they don't have to have this, you know, so much in production per year for the first, however, maybe they feel like they can maintain that uh, appointment easier through a cluster because the cluster's on their side, quote unquote. Um, have you have you had any challenges with that, with going on your own versus going with like a bigger buying network? Um, no, I think that's a conversation that I have up front with them okay. where what are the premium requirements? What do you expect? What are the expectations from me? Um, and Sometimes they are willing, if I'm smaller, if they want to work with me, they are looking at, well, let's just get started and let's see how we do with each, you know, with each other. And I think as long as you're quoting them and giving them a try and writing stuff progressively, I know, like, I would say with every carrier that we've taken on, it takes a good three to six months to really kind of find where those sweet spots are company and what they, what they are. So I think having a, uh, open lines of communication with your marketing rep and with the underwriters and really learning the guidelines and, and quoting them as much as you can to figure out what fits, um, is really how you start off successful with any carrier that you take on. And I think as long as they see that for us, at least it's been, as long as they see that we're quoting them and we're writing them, eventually you're going to find your groove with that company. Um, and then it should take off after that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that even with working with the Liberty Mutual that you and I've been doing on my end, their big thing was just give us the quotes, give us the quotes. So you can at least find where we're competitive. What do we want? What do we don't want? Cause in the beginning, you know, it was like you said, take the three to six months, just learn what we want. Right. And even then, even with that, we ended up and I messaged you yesterday. I was so proud. My area rep came by and and delivered my little Liberty Mutual plaque. And he was like, yeah, you're like the top earner in your cluster for the last quarter. I was like, how did that even happen? I'm a newbie, you know, and I don't even do that much. You know, granted it's with one carrier. It's not like across the board for commercial insurance, 
But um, I do try to stick a little bit more with those partner carriers because we get different bonus structures based on those because I am a part of a cluster. But I mean, it, it did, t- did take a little while. And we, I mean, I know you and I were both like looking through the appetite list and what about this and what about that? And what about this nuance with that? So it takes a little while. Have you found that the commercial, so what is your commercial versus personal breakdown now as you built out your carriers and you've been able to grow? Because 2004, I mean, we were 2003 when we started. So we're entering 19 years in January. So that was when we signed our contract. So I'm super excited. So you're going on 18 years, right? Yeah. I mean, you're right about that. So it we're going to we're gonna plan my year out. Then we're going to go plan your out, your year out for our big 20th. So that'll be a lot of fun. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. Cast certified. Joint. We need a joint uh, party. For- yeah, we do. Um, I like it. Well, congratulations with Liberty Mutual, too. That's amazing. And that you're in the top, too. That was extra. I was like cheering when I read your message. Um, well, so much of it was just because of you and the accountability and just the conversations that we had and the confidence that it gave me to be able to have a mentor who was helping me through a lot of it. And then through the knowledge that the program itself gave me, and then the, um, the way that they kind of structure things on how you create a plan and all that, it really, really worked out well. And, um, I was, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to kind of get back into it, um, for the podcast world out there, I've had a personal situation kind of come up here in the last month or so. So with that, I've stepped back, taken time back. Maybe there'll be a podcast about that in the future, but I need to re-engage in that commercial piece because I'm super excited now when he told me that we were up there in the top and I was like, wow, because there's some big names that I know of that I know do commercial specifically. Now they do more, maybe non-standard. I don't really know what their markets are, but I was pretty proud of myself. I just, yeah. Um, so I would say my split now it's probably flipped, right? So it's probably 60 it's, it is, it's 60% personal okay. and 40% commercial, but the commercial stuff that we get is, um, we deal a lot with contractors still. That's always been something that I don't even market. We just, they just come in. Right. So okay. it's, I don't do really the bigger contractors. It's more of the smaller contractors, but, um, one of the niches that we uh, originally had started in was the restaurants, the small like pizzerias, bagel stores and stuff like that, because one of my carriers had that. So I, we got really good with marketing that um, we dealt with, but we've dealt with everything from buildings under construction, vacant buildings to like, I told you in the past, we did a hotel um, in the Virgin islands, which kind of gives you, a little bit of everything in there, yeah. you know? Um, but I would say it's about 60% personal now and 40% commercial, but I love like, so the personal inside, I love helping people. And it's not just about 
saving them money. It's just that you're really like when you're covering someone, you know, that if you're, if they can take the time to actually listen, which I feel like in today, it's getting harder and harder, right. To actually have a conversation with someone and say to them, you know, them, you know, their family, you know, they have two kids at home. You're like, this is what you need. You know, like someone can come to you from Geico or something. And I know in and out in New York, what they don't do or what they're probably missing when they come to you. And, and it's the same thing with commercial, right? You're looking for those things that the gaps in coverage, and then you're making them aware of it. And then if they do have a claim, you know, like I've had people come to me after they had a claim and they said, thank you. You know, I was covered mm-hmm. the right way. I didn't have to worry about it. I went in for like arm surgery and it was amazing. You know, it's, it was great. Um, you know, people have come in after an accident and they gave us hugs because they knew that we took care of them the right way. Or it's just, yep. so I think it's, it's that human touch, which today is harder and harder because people are, you know, busier and they just don't have the time. So I think a lot of that is reaching that connection through online and social media and kind of showing them who you are, who the office is on a personal level. Um, and then really being good on the phone with people when you can. But um, I do, I like the personal side because of that, because you learn a lot about someone and how to take care of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that you have kind of also combined your passions to some degree with marketing and insurance with agency marketing pros. And, um, and I know that you said you have a degree in marketing and all that other good stuff. So, and you, you, you made a really good point about being real and authentic online. And I think whether or not people are doing personal lines or commercial lines, that today's day and age, everything has become, so many things have become so commoditized. And I think basic commercial insurance is going that direction too, with a lot of the online things. I'm talking about very, very basic. I'm not talking about, I don't know that there's ever going to be a way for commercial insurance, the true depth of it to ever be done on an online platform. But the basic, extremely basic bop, the extremely basic, hey, I just need GL for a project kind of thing. I think that's easy to be able to get online in a lot of different platforms. Um, but I think personal lines too has really become commoditized with all of the, you know, call 24 hours a day, talk to Jake, or even the concept of, you know, the lizard or flow or, you know, all these different things. And now we're even seeing with InsureTech coming in with Lemonade and some of these others that are apps that you drive with. And there's so many other things that are taking that personal relationship out of, um, a lot of that conversation, I think, with a lot of our clients. Um, how are you seeing marketing changing for the insurance agent? Because we're the little guy. I mean, I, you know, we don't have a $15 million per month marketing budget the way Geico does, right? Or Progressive does. So, and how do we as insurance agents, or how are you seeing insurance agents getting out there, making a mark, bringing in good quality business, but yet being able to have a little bit more of an online presence to where we can merge that conversation of the next generation of our millennials and those people who are more accustomed to an online conversation with the concept of merging that with a personal relationship? Because I know there's been lots of studies that say millennials want relationship, but they also want ease of doing business. So as an independent agent, how are you finding that other agencies or even your agency are marrying 
old school and new school insurance practices to really reach out and build their business? That's a really good question. Because that's really what I'm trying to do in my agency. That's one thing I've really been working on and working with my team on is that we've got to we've got to merge that. We can't take 24 hours to get somebody an auto ID card, right? We've we've got to be we've got to automate as much as we can, but deliver that personal service. And I don't know that I have a good vision for that in my head because that's a really big conversation. That's a whole nother podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> it is. Um, I'd love to have so, you back that one. So I think, I think it's um, first of all, I think in an agency, you have to be not afraid of being on camera today. I think you have to not be afraid, or at least posting a picture. Um, like my staff does not like their picture tape. I mean, they humor me when I'm like, "We're gonna do this TikTok video. Let's do this," but. Um, or this Instagram reel, they do humor me with it. But I think that you have to kind of merge both where you can make it educational online and you can teach people, but you can also make it fun because people by nature are curious, right? They want to know about you. They want to know. And then they dig down the rabbit hole. Oh, who is Teresa? Let me see, you know, what is, her staff look like, Oh, let me see who she's connected to on Facebook or who's this or who's that. And then you can go down that rabbit hole of looking how everything's connected or you as an agency owner can control that through your own business and social media and, and decide what you release out. Right. So if you want to show them your staff, but, and the people in your office, but you don't feel like having them go down the rabbit hole of figuring everyone else out that you're related to, you know, you can control that because you're releasing that information. Now they still might, but if they're getting other stuff and they said, oh, that's, I always speak to this other girl in the office, or I speak to that guy in the office. Now they have that face that goes along with it. And they're less likely to leave if you can build that connection too. If they know who the person is and there's a face to go with the person and you have to do it. I mean, we have people that live two miles, a mile away from my office and they don't even want to come in. Right. They're like, text me, email me, whatever. Um, so I think there's ways that you have to figure out how to make that connection, whether it's through social media, whether it's sending a thank you card, still, I feel like a handwritten thank you card goes a long way. Um, I feel like you can write that piece of business and still send a handwritten thank you card or write a thank you card to somebody who refers a piece of business to you. Cause I feel like that doesn't get recognized as much anymore. You have to figure out ways to be able to hug your clients online and kind of, uh, make it fun. And if you can make it interesting for them too, say, you know, I've, I follow dentists, a dentist online who's on TikTok who makes things funny and, and you can, you know, you can use that in marketing. You can market yourself on a geo geolocation so that people in your area are seeing that or you, or it starts getting, yeah, you can do that on Instagram and Facebook and everything. So people, or you can, um, just, it becomes viral, right? People share it. And now other people in the area know, oh, who's that insurance agent? Oh, that's that insurance agent that does all those TikTok videos. You know, there's not a huge space on Instagram reels and TikTok and stuff like that for insurance agents right now. So that's something that I feel like 
especially on the independent side. I mean, I've seen the captives on there, but it's not as much on the independent side. And that's one way that we could have fun and show your personality at the same time as marketing and educating a customer on things that maybe are important. Because I think you could be, you could have the same markets as the person down the road, but there's a reason why customers come to you and there's a reason why they stay with you. Well, and I'm putting I, yourself out there personally a little bit more. Cause I know like on all your stuff, you do a lot of workouts. You do a lot of stuff about your family, those types of things that I love. I comment all the time, but I love watching them and they're so much fun. And I'm like, Oh, I need to work out more. Cause you know, Amy's like awesome over there, but I am so not, but, um, it lets people get to know you too. You know, that whenever you talk about your passions, your family, your people, you know, and then people do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And when they know, like, and trust you, then they want to do refer you to other people. Hey, this is my agent, right? It's going from, this is my carrier, or this is my company to this is my agent. This is my person. Right. And I think that's, but at the same point, it's hard to put yourself out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's a it's lot of work hard. time it's, and it's, a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fear thing. It is. So I will tell you the workout ones I started recently and that was very uncomfortable, but you get used to it. It's kind of yeah. like cold calling you eventually, you just, you know what? you rip the bandaid off, you get used to it. And you're like, all right, now I can add music to this or I can make it fun. And you have your own comfort zone. So your staff too, like if you have a testimonial that you get in from somebody about a staff person, put a picture of that staff person with the testimonial on it. So people see, oh, there's Brenda in the office. She's amazing. She saved me, you know, X amount of my insurance and took care of my family. And now you put that on social media people now see who Brenda is and that Brenda saves you money or Brenda really took care of my yeah. family. They're like, I'm going to go see Brenda. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and like you said, it puts that person and it doesn't just have to be you as an agency owner. It could be the people in your office too. I almost um, think it needs to be more of the people in my office. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be a certain percentage of the agency owner. Cause you're the head, right? You're the organizer and you're the Hate to put it as say you're the constant through everything because I mean people change jobs, people have life changes, right? They just do. But at the same point, if we can really highlight our team in a way that people know, like, and trust our team, then it doesn't mean we as agency owners have to be in the middle of everything either. And plus, right. it it lets our lets our team members have a little bit more satisfaction in their job, right? That their people know, like, and trust them. You know right. that whenever they're talking to Johnny, you know that. Johnny goes, oh, I know who Brenda is. Oh, Brenda, you look so good over there in that Facebook post or, yeah. you know, whatever. And even, even during some stuff that we've had recently with my family, we've been around a lot of people that I haven't seen in a lot of years. And I've gotten a lot of um, messages from people I've not seen in a lot of years. And it's really funny because they're all like, I love following you on this, that, or the other, because I really feel like you know, when you have lunch with your kids or when you do this, that, and the other, whenever you share pictures about this, I love keeping up with all the things that you guys are doing. And they're not even in the state all the time, but you know, they're like, it's been fun to watch you over the course of the last, you know, people that, especially that I've known a really long time, like 30 years, they're like, it's been so much fun to watch the evolution of your agency and your team and your kids growing up. And, you know, and when you go visit your daughter in Denver and the podcast and, all these things and people that I had no idea even had a clue about 
a ton of things have come up to me in the last couple of weeks and just been like, oh, I just love, oh, I, this was so funny when you did this or whatever. And I'm like, I had no idea you even saw that. And we need to remember that there's a lot of eyeballs out there that we don't necessarily know are watching us. And it might sound to some degree like three or four people comment, but really 200 people watched it or, yeah. you know, whatever. We really need to take have that faith in the impact of what it is that the marketing is really doing. And you never know who it might resonate with too. So you need to really, you know, even when people engage with you, so say you did a post on your agency with like, would you rather drive a boat or a motorcycle, just an engagement post or something. And people come, if you had people comment on it or people watched it, you can follow up with those people about the engage on the engagement, Mm -hmm. right? People who voted on it, you can see that. And the more that people engage or the more that people view, the more they're going to see your posts and everything, but you don't know until you reach out and ask. It's kind of like any type of sales that you do, whether it's online or offline, you have to just kind of put yourself out there and ask. And what I always told you, right? The worst they say is no, and you didn't have it to begin with. So, um, and that was changing for me because I think whenever people tell me, no, I took it as a personal rejection. Right. But again, if you never had it to begin with, how could it be a rejection? How could it be a rejection if I never had anything to begin with? They're, they're not rejecting me. They're just maybe rejecting the timeline or yeah, whatever. You know, I mean, it could be a lot. It's not about me personally. And that was really, really big for me. Yeah. And I think, um, it, you know, People might not know what you're selling. So you have to kind of tell them, I think on social media, you want to keep it. There's like always a two thirds rule. So two things that are either friendly or informational, and then like a one selling, right? So you don't want to just be like that salesy agent. That's like, oh, she's always selling me some sort of policy or something. Something online. You want to teach people. And if you can come from a way of like, teaching them or say you even said like, I have a homeowner's checklist, make sure that you have the, you know, stuff in your home checked off, or you can go down the a home inventory checklist and make sure that you have this or like a home maintenance checklist and things to do in the fall, right? It's fall. Now you can do home maintenance checklist for things to do to help your home in the fall and get it ready for the winter. Um, and you can have people say, yes, I want this. And then you can respond to them and say, great, shoot me your email and I'm going to send it over to you. And that's how you build your email list for marketing now. Um, so just little things like that. But like you said, it does take time, but Mm -hmm. it could take 10 minutes every day. That's all that you spend. You don't have to spend, it seems overwhelming, but you don't have to spend a lot of time and you can create the content or there's people that do content, you know, for you, you can do this like in one day out of the month and set it up and then forget it too. So you don't have to worry about it then. So it's not like at at the end of the day at eight o'clock at night, you're like, Oh my God, I didn't do a post. Right. I have to do something. That would be me. That would be me like 10 o'clock at night. And my husband would be like, really, really now, really? And I'd be like, yeah, right. But it's okay if you, you know, there's days where like I do more things online than I do. And there's days where I don't do a lot of stuff online. I think if you can be consistent, um, consistency, like anything with sales will always 
push you forward. And I think if you can say, I'm going to do one thing to market my agency a day, just one thing, whether that's like a post or whether it's calling, you know, five new prospects or something like that. If you can do one thing a day to push the needle forward at the end of the year, you're going to be that much further ahead. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, Amy, this has been awesome. I seriously think we could probably have this conversation forever because I think there's like eight other conversations that we've touched on that I think that we could probably have a whole podcast about. And we will definitely do that. But if people want to reach out to you, tap your brain, talk to you about insurance, talk to you about marketing, talk to you about agency, marketing pros, whatever it is. Yeah. How can they reach out to you? So they could um, reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram. My personal one is just at Amy Bryan. It's A-I-M-E-Y-B-R-Y-A-N. Um, you can always message me there, find me there. Uh, agencymarketingpro.com is my marketing business. And then brianagency.com is the insurance agency. Um, and you can always reach out to me on email through there or my phone number is listed on there also. Awesome. Well, everybody, today we've been talking about tenacity. We've been talking about organic growth. We've been talking about getting out there, making a difference through marketing. And Amy, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. So much fun. Thank you. Well, everybody, make sure that you check us on out. We do have a new episode with a new power woman in the insurance space every single Wednesday. So make sure you check us out on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you go ahead and you watch all of your amazing women in insurance. And you know what? Make sure that you send us a recommendation or referral of another woman maybe that is in your space that we would love to be able to interview. And we would love your comments. So please make sure that you give us a review on any of those platforms so that we can reach on out and impact more women in this amazing industry. Everybody, until next week, my name is Teresa Kitchens. Thanks so much for listening to us here in the Power Women in Insurance podcast, and we will catch you next week.